Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. TC Live with you on a Sunday evening in Europe. We have crowned our final two 500-level champs of the year. Last 1,000-level event starts tomorrow. And, of course, the women kick off their year-end championships in a couple of hours. Ten months of tennis reaching its climax over the next couple of weeks. Coming up on the show, a couple of top tenors doing battle in the Vienna final, Medvedev and Sinner. We'll show you how that turned out. You just saw Felix Oje Aliasim trying to punctuate his season to forget with a win in Basel. And Novak Djokovic returns to the tournament court for the first time since securing his 24th major in New York, aiming to make even more history at Harry Bercy. Tennis Channel Live is on the air. So glad you're with us on this Sunday. Just past noon East Coastal, the morning out west. Nico Pereira is here. Jimmy Arias is here. I'm Brett Haber with more evidence that it is never too late to turn it all around. Felix Ojeali, Asim Jimmy, was having an absolutely miserable year, as you mentioned during the call, on the verge of dropping out of the top 50, shows up and defends his title. How do we explain this? We cannot. I guess it's just, <laughs> I think in some ways it's just tennis is what happened. He is a great talent and a great player that has lost confidence. And he got a lot of little breaks that sort of went his way at this tournament. Saved a match point in the quarterfinals while cramping against Shevchenko. Mm -hmm. That obviously helps because you feel as though you shouldn't be in the tournament anymore. And you found your way still in it. And then the next two opponents are both exhausted for whatever re reason. Holger Runa didn't look like he had anything left. Hubie Hercatch, even with that big serve, he really wasn't able to do anything else during the rally. Yes, did not have much pop today, uh, Hercatch, but definitely for Felix, a big serving performance this week. And the forehand, he, he goes as good as his forehand goes. And he was making it today. And the, the face of disbelief mm -hmm. when he won the title, it was a, a thing of beauty. I'm glad for him. Big serving day in yeah. particular today, won 42 out of 45 points on his first serve out aced. The ace leader on tour this year. We're getting ready for the ceremony in Basel. As a matter of fact, let's go down courtside as we are just ready to hand Felix his second straight trophy in Basel. Part of the tradition in Basel is that uh, 
the ball kids are given medals. This obviously was something that Roger Federer did for many years, this being his home tournament. In fact, it, it was a tradition that Roger bought pizza for the ball kids after the tournament was over every year. Now, Hubie and Felix getting in on the act. Roger, of course, was the ball kid at this tournament growing up not far from this region of the German-speaking part of Switzerland. Was he angry that he never got, was Roger angry that he never got a medal when he was a ball kid? So he said, you know what, from now on in Basel, ball kids get something. I, I'm not sure I've ever seen Roger angry about much. No, nah, he, he could have been <laughs> angry about the pizza, though. <laughs> he was angry when he was a kid, as the stories go, anyway. He used to get angry. He controlled it. Yes. Roger, uh, by the way, in the locker room with the uh, Springboks last night as they won the uh, World Rugby Championships. Novak Djokovic was there as well. So we're getting ready to start Paris in the morning. Uh, what about this final? Uh, we'll talk about Felix's triumph and the fact that he's turned his season around. But, Nico, would you call this a, a lackluster performance from Hubie Hercotch? Well, it's understandable. And, and Jimmy pointed out there's a lot of travel involved in this last section of the year of the calendar and, and it doesn't seem like it but you talk about playing in Shanghai you talk about playing in Tokyo those places are not nearby and then you go to Europe and it's it's understandable especially having a 1000 next week it's just grueling a week after you you, you have the the finals we'll catch right there it's 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 understandable Felix has not played as much he just looked very crisp all credit to Felix Yubi was tired coming in the finals. He's exhausted now. His shoulder <laughs> lifting up medal after medal. As there's many ball kids in this event. Shanghai title for Hercotch two tournaments ago. His second Masters 1000 title. Then lost first round in Tokyo to Zhang Zhen. So he did have a week to prepare after losing in the first round. Felix has had more time off than he'd like all season long, losing early almost all the time. Let's uh, zero back in on center court. Officials from the Swiss Tennis Federation, they've got a do this in three languages, in uh, French, English, and Schweizerdeutsch. We're going to take a break from the ceremony and rejoin it when the players make their speeches and get their trophies. In the meanwhile, let's show you the highlights from the two finals that were played today. We'll get to Vienna in a minute, but let's show you this Basel final. Felix already playing with house money. As you mentioned, Jimmy, he had saved match point in the quarterfinal against Shevchenko. Hercot survived a scare yesterday, surviving a three-setter against Umber, and Jimmy, that was how the stage was set. Yeah, I think the tie-break semifinal in the third set for Hercot took more out of him than you might have imagined coming in, because he never really looked as though he had his feet underneath him. Hercotch is a guy that likes to defend even though he's six foot five. He doesn't mind digging out balls out of the corner, just keeping forehands in play. And he wasn't able to do that quite as effectively here. Here's an important point at three all in that first set tiebreak. And one thing that Felix, he was dictating from the start. In all these baseline rallies, he was attacking second serves so well from Hercotch. Hercotch, known for that huge serve, but his second serve was getting munched by Oje Aliassim. All the while, Oje Aliassim's not losing points on his serve for most of the match. It was incredible, the numbers. He'd only lost going into the tie break 
in the second set. Had only lost six points to that point on his serve. In the tiebreak, Cuby hit a couple of nice shots to make things more interesting. Here it is with a mini break, and again, the second serve, no chance. Gave away the mini break midway through the tiebreak on sort of a middling short ball that uh, Hercott was able to attack, but then he got it back. He got it back with that winner. At 5-all, he played a beautiful point as well. Felix ran around a forehand and hit a winner inside out. All right, so he defends his title in Vienna. First Canadian to defend any title on tour since Raonic 11 years ago. And that's five titles in all for Felix, all of them coming indoors. This was a huge time of year for him a year ago, winning three on the trot, and now he wins again. Let's go back inside the arena in Basel as Felix is getting his hardware. First of all, I want to congratulate Felix and his team. You did really amazing, and Piami, uh, happy, happy for your victory. Obviously, you know if the result was different, but definitely, you know, you deserve it. I mean, it was uh, was was definitely you know tricky season for you, but you're an amazing player, so so you proved it here. And then, you know, I wish you all the best in the next week. So, congrats. I wanted to also thank my family and my team that's that's always been supporting me and you know so nice that uh, that you guys are still <laughs> still with me still supporting and uh, you know we we had some we had uh, we really had a good week here and uh, yeah we tried to build upon it and uh, yeah I just really want to thank as well you know the the fans your guys really amazing and uh, really appreciate all your support. I also wanted to, to thank all the all the ball kids for for amazing job and uh, you know all the all the stringers organizers and uh, you know all the volunteers I really appreciate you're doing a really amazing job uh, I want to thank tournament director Roger for for putting this tournament together and uh, yeah you guys uh, were doing an amazing job so 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 pleasure to to be here and really appreciate all your support thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, great. Thank you. 
2023 aus Kanada, Felix Auger Aliasim. Thank you. No, thank you everybody for making this week uh, extra special for me once again. Uh, two years in a row, so I've had an amazing time. So thank you all very much uh, for coming throughout the week and again today. So thank you. I'm sorry about uh, today, Hubie, but we battle on the court, but, you know, I have uh, the utmost respect for you. Uh, you're a good friend of the court and for your team as well. You guys are a class act always, and, you know, we have a lot of fun on the practice court. It's a tough day today, but I wish you all the best, uh, you know, next week. You got it, so do, do your thing. <laughs> And of course, the organization, uh, I came here for the first time uh, when I was 17, and, and here again, uh, it's always as well organized, it's always a pleasure to play here, so thank you, Roger, thank you for, for everybody involved, for the organization, the ball kids, you guys are, are great, you all deserve that, that medal uh, hanging on your neck, so well job, well, well done, good job, and, uh, and again, I mean, it was a pleasure for me, so thank you, this means a lot, uh, ups and downs in a career and a year, but for me, this, this win is extra special, probably the most special so far in my career. So it's a pleasure for me that it happened uh, in front of you uh, today. Thank you. Felix had a hard time breaking the seal in finals. He was 0 for his first eight, never won a set in any of those first eight finals until he got off the schneid a year ago and now has five titles to his credit in the last year and a half will show you his road to this title. Van de Zonskulp in the second round. That match point saved against Shevchenko, Jimmy, and then Runa in a very straightforward scoreline yesterday. Runa didn't look his best from a physical standpoint either, and so OJ Aliassime took advantage of that, and it, again in the final, a little bit of help physically. Both players had been exhausted from their round before. Having said that, OJ Aliassime against Shevchenko was cramping, so he came back strongly the next day against Rune. It didn't affect him physically at all. The one thing that I can say for this title for Felix, I like that he said this one feels the most special mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, and it's because he's lost so much this year that they start creeping in the doubt, will I ever be the player I was? I know it's only been a year of that, but his first bunch of attempts at titles, he was so young and he was thinking, I'm gonna win a million of these. I'm a premier talent, which he is. This one felt as though somewhat of redemption. He's on his way back. It's a shame that there's not much left for the year to build on this confidence. All those ups and downs, and he's still just 23 years old. Nice to see that smile back on Felix's face. Let's shift to the other men's final today in Vienna, also an indoor 500-level event. Yannick Sinner already with three top 15 wins this week, trying to add a top three win, Nico, against Daniel Medvedev. Yeah, a grueling matchup, the top two seeds this week. Definitely the best players out there. Sinner did not drop a set coming into this final. This was... Uh, a matchup that he was looking forward to. You know, I love what Darren Cahill has brought to 
to Sinner's game. He's coming into the net a lot more, not as predictable. He shouldn't be today if he wanted to beat Medvedev at some point in the second set. Darren Cahill telling him, don't play him straight up. Give him the drop shots. Give him the slice. Switch it around because Medvedev is just too solid. We go action here in the third set. Sinner with the early break. Medvedev with a rare miss off the forehand wing and there you see him kind of joking with himself. But it was a grueling affair. More than three hours these guys out here trying to outduel each other. And he's saying that <laughs> Sinner was <laughs> pretending to be hurt. And Medvedev couldn't let it go. Sinner served it out at 5-3. All smiles at the end. Three hours and four minutes total. Tenth career title for Sinner. Here he is. In the third set, I tried again to step up a little bit. Um, I had a lot of break points. I couldn't use them. And then at the end, I, I used them. So I'm very happy. And obviously, you know, to finish the match, it was a really mental, mental thing. But I'm very happy about how how I managed today and, and obviously very happy for another title. As he should be, fourth title of the year for center to go with Montpellier and Toronto and Beijing. Improves to 56 total wins, including a career-high 40 on hard courts. And he's turned it around against Medvedev. Had lost six straight against Daniil. Now he's won two in a row, eight wins this year against top ten opposition. So Sinner, who's already had a good season, is finishing with a flourish. What does it mean for the race? Well, Sinner ensconced at four. We've got five tickets punched to Turin. Jimmy, we've still got some work to do for the final three slots. We do all. Sissipas, you got to like his chances where he's sitting right now. Zverev, Runa, Herkoc, and Fritz. I'm glad those are the four names you showed because those are the four with the best opportunity to claim those last two spots. Very interesting. Uh, you talked about how Sinner has improved in almost every way this year during this match. Nico, he's always been a front foot player. He's always been very aggressive, hits the living daylights out of the ball. It seems like he's able now to defend better than he used to, that he's a better athlete than he used to be, that he's a stronger guy. Is that your observation? I think so. He's working very hard. I think he has the right direction. Might be a little bit confused now with the, with the new orders coming from his corner. But I really think that this is a guy that's going to leave no stone unturned. And he's going to look after it. He's going to chase after it. And uh, he will have his chances to, to get a lot of titles. What I felt from Sinner when I would watch him, the players that he couldn't beat are the players that could defend really well from far back because he wasn't able to open the court, really. He was just straight-ahead power, beautiful down the line. He can change direction down the line as well as anybody. Doesn't work against the Zverevs and the Medvedevs of the world that can return, including Altmaier at Roland Garros. Yeah. That's what happened to him. Altmaier just put the ball in and ran. And he's starting to open up the court more. He's starting to add some variety. And you're right. He defends... Offensively, that's the one thing about yeah. it. his defense is somewhat offensive, and that match. The other weakness, a little bit, was always in my mind mentally. When he'd get to the biggest match, he'd knock on the door and he couldn't quite come through. And in this match, there were times when it looked like that was going to happen. He had so many break chances early in that third set, shanked a few early, but he got so many chances that eventually he figured it out. 
18 of 26 when he came forward to the net. That's clearly the Cahill effect taking effect on his game, and that's the 10th title for Sinner's 17th active player to reach double digits now in ATP Tour titles. We've got more to come on this TC Live Sunday edition. Highlights from the Women's Tournament of Champions in Zhuhai, China. Plus, the WTA Finals starts later today. Coco Goff, member, got shut out at the finals last year, but she is a very different player now. The guys break down her Cancun chances. TC Live back in a moment. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ten months of women's tennis capped by this. The top eight players in the world battling for one last hunk of silver. When you get the last eight in a room and for an event, uh, there's a huge show of respect. You know, not everyone gets invited. You earn your way in. There's no such thing as a wild card. Prestige, the prize money, it can set you up to be a springboard. We are going to have a first-time champion at the WTA Finals. Who's your favorite to take it? For me, it's a little bit of a take-your-pick. I think when any of them get on the court with each other, it's spectacular stuff. Boy, oh boy, is this an exciting eight days of tennis. Who will finish this tournament on top? WTA finals start later this afternoon in Cancun. Doubles begins the day and ends the day, and then two very tasty singles matches in the middle. Wimbledon champ Elena Rabakina opens the action against American Jesse Pagula. Then it's the world number one in this year's Aussie champ Arena Sabalenka taking on Maria Sakri. It all begins 3.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Tennis Channel. Coco Goff begins her singles run tomorrow. She does have the late doubles match tonight with Jesse Pagula. If you remember a year ago, Coco made her debut at the finals in Fort Worth, and she got skunked 0 for 6 between the singles and the doubles. But, Jimmy, a year later, she comes back as a Grand Slam champion, presumably with a very different level of confidence. Yeah, I'm going to go on the fence and say she won't get skunked again <laughs> as she now has a ton of confidence because of the U.S. Open win and the way the entire summer went leading up to the U.S. Open. Only lost once, and it was to Jesse Pegula. She is the premier athlete on tour. She moves better than anyone. And I think the one thing she certainly improved this summer was she quit trying to rip forehands. Everyone's always talking about her forehand. Yeah. And she decided, I'm just going to put my forehand in, run, and when I get a short back and I'll rip the backhand. And that strategy has been very difficult for anyone to figure out how to beat. Do, do you agree? Has, has she fixed the forehand problems, Nico, or is she just found a way to work around them? I think a little bit of both in terms that she doesn't expect as much. She's stopped trying to reach perfection, like Jimmy was saying. But I just feel like the dam has broken with her. Everything that she expected of herself, it's going to happen now. I just feel that the sky is the limit for this uh, young lady. Uh, that The way she plays is just the amazing. I just think it complements very well. And the athlete part that you mentioned, I, j I just think it's head and shoulders above the rest. And still a teenager. Take a look at what her season number 
numbers look like. How about 49 and 14 as a match record? Four titles, including that U.S. Open, ranked number three in singles. Number one in doubles, oh, by the way. Seven wins against top ten opposition this year and $6 million in prize money. Jimmy, if you include singles and doubles, is there an argument to be made that she's the WTA Player of the Year? I mean, Jesse Pagula, who's playing doubles with her, could make a slight yeah, argument. But, but, that's it, but she didn't slam, win. Slam, nothing no, deep in a slam. I know, I know, I'm just saying four true. different slam winners this year. Yeah, you can make could the argument. Could she be yes, the one? You could, certainly, you could make that argument. You got Jimmy to agree with you or something. I imagine that. <laughs> could, could she be the player of the year? Oh, definitely. I think the fact that, you know, the doubles is helping her singles and the way she finished the year, not only that, how she improved on her own performances, winning in the big stages and, and, and the big finish. You saw there the record, 22 out of the last 24 matches. It's just huge. You have to give it to her. What makes her amazing to me is that the beginning of the year, it didn't look like she thought she would hit a forehand in. Mm -hmm. There were so many forehands yeah. that went in crazy directions. And she was still winning a lot of matches. So as soon as the forehand just went into the squares <laughs> that we're supposed to hit in, unbeatable. But she's already proved that she's a problem solver, right? Because a year ago to two years ago, it was the serve that was causing right. her yips. And she went to work. And that's no longer part of the narrative. So fixed. Now the forehand. She's, she's a problem solver. She's a problem solver and an incredible athlete. Sky's the limit. All right. She opens her singles run in Cancun tomorrow. That'll be against Anz Jabur in group number two. We have got much more to come on TC Live. By the way, Lindsay Davenport and Chanda Rubin will call the matches uh, at Cancun. And when we come back, we will show you the man Novak Djokovic returning to the court in Paris for the first time, at least at a tournament, since his U.S. Open victory. And he's got his eye on the year-end number one again. Championship Sunday in Zhuhai, China as well today. Elite Trophy Championships. This is the year-end tournament for the next 12 in the rankings who didn't make the WTA finals. Final today between Beatrice Haddad Maya of Brazil and China's own Zhang Chenwen. What a week for Zhang competing in home soil. But Bia Haddad Maya having a career year reaching the top 10 in the rankings earlier Currently at number 19, we had a very long tiebreaker to decide the first set. A bit of confusion here as that serve will end up being in. The missed return by Zhang will give the number 8 seed the first set in a very long tiebreaker. This one, 2 hours and 50 minutes to complete two sets. Some action in the second with Hadadimaya up 6-5. And coming to the net, the passing shot by Hadadimaya. With that, she would get to match point. But it would not happen as we go into the tiebreaker, and this time it does. For the lefty from Sao Paulo, she did not only win the singles crown, she also won the doubles with Kudar Metova to finish up the year in grand style. Pretty decent. Doesn't drop a set en route to the title. All four of her wins over top 20 opponents. That's what you get in this tournament. As we now look ahead to tomorrow and the start of the last regular season event, if you will, on the men's side, last Masters 1000 event of the season at Paris-Bercy. How about all 10 of the top 10 in this field, Jimmy? What match stands out to you tomorrow? Oh, it's hard to pick one match out of these. I would maybe say Bublik and Francis Tiafo because Bublik indoors, very dangerous. Tiafo still a very outside chance of making it to Turin. So 
that's the match I'm looking forward to. Shelton coming off the title in Tokyo Foe, trying to finish strong after some stumbles. Likewise, Taylor Fritz, an early loss this past week. And Stan Wawrinka and Dominic team uh, for the umpteenth time. That's always a fun one with the one-handed backhands. All right, let's do a little social net for this Sunday. And we're going to start with... That man, Novak Djokovic, returning to the tournament court this week for the first time since winning that 24th major at the U.S. Open, going in search of his seventh title in Paris. This is one of six different tournaments that Djokovic has won at least six times. And to hear him talk about it, he's not going to be done collecting trophies anytime soon. As long as I'm, I'm, I'm you know, main contender for the Grand Slams and I still you know, uh, win the biggest tournaments in sport, uh, I will not leave. I always have goals, you know, and to win another slam, to be number one again, <laughs> to finish the year as number one. Um, and that those are, the, let's say, the big goals. Uh, of course, next year is Olympic Games. I, I really want to do well in Olympic Games, represent my country. Davis Cup is something that still gives me a lot of inspiration. Um, and of course, any tournament where I play, I want to win, no doubt. So, uh, Novak turns 37 next season. Father time is going to catch up with him eventually, catches up with everybody. But, Nico, this guy has disproved so many of the rules that we used to believe about tennis and what you can do. How long do you see him being a top three player contending for slams? I asked that question to Goran Ivanisevic, uh, say, a year and a half ago, and he said he would saw Novak play three or four years. He's in the inside, so I'm going to go with Goran. I'm going to give him a couple more seasons. Jimmy, can he be elite, elite to 39, 40? Is that possible? I think 40 is when it really starts creeping, the, the doubt and how your body responds. But the one thing that he's able to do is pick his tournaments. He's not going to play every week. He's going to make sure he's ready for the three out of five set matches. But that age, normally people can't do it. I don't know what to think about this guy, Novak Djokovic. The interesting thing he said is so long as he's vying for titles, he's going to keep playing. But what if he has a little bit of a slump and still believes, no, no, I'm, I'm going to get it back. I'm going to get it back. We'll see if that happens to him or will he just keep winning until he's 60. It happened to him in 2017 when he had the elbow issue and he was able to get back from that. Doing it in your late 30s might be a bigger ask. Uh, one other social media note for you on this Sunday. Look who's back on the tournament court for the first time in 15 months. Nico Riley Opelka is playing the challenger in Charlottesville, Virginia this week. Well, we saw him with the hip issues and then uh, he, nobody knew about the wrist that he had to uh, work on, but he, he was working hard throughout. We saw it on, on social media. I'm glad to see Riley back. He's, he's a colorful character and it's good for the game. Double wrist surgery, Jimmy, yeah. for Riley. I mean, it's amazing because of all the Americans that are now, we've had Francis in the top 10, Taylor Fritz has been in the top 10 for a while. I thought Riley Opelka from that group would be the first one to do it because serve and the movement at seven feet tall, I know he's just under, is pretty unique and it's nice to see him coming back and hopefully he'll be able to get back to that level that he was playing at. May we not see him back here in the Tennis Channel studio for quite some time. We mean that in only the most encouraging way. As we head to break, here's the full schedule for tomorrow on Tennis Channel. Day session in Bear Sea kicks off at 6 a.m. Eastern. Night session at 2.30. Then an hour after that, the WTA finals begin in Cancun. Singles matches start at 6 p.m. Eastern and then we end the night with doubles. Keep it tuned to Tennis Channel from on until dusk.
We did mark it down. Here is best of the best. Number five, Nico Taylor Fritz with a little wand work. Well, this was three tiebreakers, and look at Taylor Fritz with a flicker here. Off the line, surprising, even his opponent. Taylor Fritz against Shevchenko in Basel. Didn't advance as far as he wanted to, but gets into the top five. Let's go to number four, Jimmy. Tomas Machac in Vienna. Far court here against Tsitsipas. Yeah, and Machach decides he's going to come in, sort of. <laughs> he gets to the net, and then he just hangs out at the service line, plays a little pong, and eventually gets the best of Tsitsipas in that map, in that point, but not in the match. A sort of tactic really works. It rarely works, but it did this time. Okay, let's go to number three. Have you ever seen a half-volley lob winner? Grigor Dimitrov has, Nico. Uh, these guys have a ton of talent among the two, but Dimitrov turning back the clock. The one-hander, Ole Medvedev did not expect that. Now, does it count if you put your hand on the ground? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, an elbow yeah, equals two tackled. hands. Exactly. Not, uh, he's inbounds. We can check the replay <laughs> with uh, Ed Hockley. This is number two, Alexander Shevchenko. little spinorama here. Yeah, he's everywhere, Shevchenko, in the best of the best this week. Spin and five. Fritz, and he can also 360 hit a forehand winner, and he's doing it at important moments. He ended up having a match point against the eventual champion and couldn't convert, but he converts here with the hair flowing as he runs. That brings us to number one, and that belongs to Casper Ruud from Basel. Go figure. Casper Ruud had a rough year and a tough opponent in Bublik. Nobody wants to face Bublik, particularly here on the indoors, but Casper having a bit of fun, and why not? A twinner to cap it all off. All right, Casper Ruud gets number one of the best of the best. Our crew looked at every single point of tennis that was played around the world this week, and these are the best that we saw, including the tweener winner. Featured matches for later today in Cancun as the WTA finals kick off. We have doubles to begin, then the Wimbledon champion Rabakina from last year opening up against American Jesse Pagula, followed by the number one Sabalenka against the... Uh, Maria Sakari, who got in when Mukhova had to pull out, then Golf Pagula doubles to wrap up the action begins at 3.30 Eastern. Let's take a look at the two singles matches a little more closely. Pagula and Rabakina, like Coco Golf, Pagula got skunked last year, but she's coming off the title in Seoul. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think she does today in this match? I think it's a 50-50 type match. I don't. I also don't think she's going to get skunked this entire tournament again, as she was last year. She came in so tired last year, not accustomed to the finals. Rabakina, it's all going to revolve around her serve. If she's serving at her very best, it is going to be tough for Pagula. If Pagula gets a look at second serves, it's going to be tough for Rabakina. So it's hard for me to call. I just think Rabakina's serve is going to be the most important stat. Rabakina's only played once since the U.S. Open. How do you see this match today? I just think the power of Rabakina is, is too much. I just like her chances always 
Well, now I'm definitely I'm off the 50-50 <laughs> fence, and I'm going Pagula. I love when these guys get after each other. Three previous meetings, by the way, two on edge in the head-to-head -head for Jesse. The other singles match today is the one against the eight, Sabalenka against Maria Sakari. Sabalenka does have some work to do if she wants to hang on to the number one ranking for year's end. Sviantek is on her tail. How do you see this one? Well, I saw her talking in her social media, and I didn't like the comments. She's not too happy over there in Cancun. This could be a factor. The other factor that Zachary got in as an alternate last minute that could you know, loosen her up to play uh, a little better tennis. So, so that would be, for me, the interesting thing to watch. Now, a, lot, a lot of people are bummed out in Cancun because they didn't get the court set up in time. The players didn't have a chance to practice on the stadium court. It's, it's, it's interesting. Go there. Yeah, it's interesting because when you're asking who do you think is going to win, and we have no idea how the court's going to yeah. play or even if it will bounce because they literally just laid the court it's down a miracle yesterday. Yeah, it's a miracle. Up until I the mean, U.S. Open, they didn't know they would have a tournament and where. It's a miracle they're having. Uh, ticket sales have been a little light because they didn't know they were selling tickets in Cancun until just about a month ago. Sabalenka, by the way, 6-3 edge in the head-to-head, -head, but Sakari did beat her at the WTA Finals a year ago. It's going to do it for us on TC Live. Enjoy the action in Cancun starting at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time with Lindsay and Shanda, and congrats to our men's champions in Europe. Yannick Sinner takes it in Vienna. Felix Auger, Aliasim in Basel. We'll see you.